And we can have confidence to know that we can enter His presence. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Hebrews chapter 10. The book of Hebrews chapter 10. The theme of Hebrews is having courage and boldness that is based on the work and the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. The preceding chapters prior to chapter 10 speak of the confidence that we can have in approaching our Lord and being in His presence and knowing Him as our refuge, basically for two reasons. One is that He has given us access, and we're going to look at that this morning. And then secondly, because Jesus is our advocate before the Father God. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 and 20. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that He opened for us through the curtain, that is, through His flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, by a new and living way that He opened for us through the curtain, that is, through His flesh. My message outline is contained in your bulletin. I invite you, if you would, to follow along with this. He says here, we have, verse 19, we have confidence to enter the holy places. The idea there of we have is that it is present and ongoing. In other words, right now, every day, every time when we pray, we can have confidence that we can enter His presence. Also for the future, no matter where the future takes us, no matter where we go in the future, we know that we can have a confidence when we go into His presence. Now, it is confidence. The idea there of the word confidence is a fascinating Greek word. It speaks of boldness, but it speaks of boldness and freedom to speak what is on your mind. And he's saying that when we come into the presence of God, we can have the confidence, we can literally have boldness in the presence of God to speak to God whatever is on our mind. To know that He's going to be there, to know that He's going to listen to us when we come to Him. Now that boldness, that confidence that we have when we come into His presence and we speak to Him is not based on us and who we are, what we have accomplished and what we have done. Rather, that boldness is based, as we see in this verse, on the blood of Jesus. In other words, Jesus shed His blood on the cross for us and God looks at what His Son did on the cross for us and giving His life for us and based on who Jesus is and what Jesus did for us on the cross, the Father God listens to us. He says, I want to hear what you say. You've got access into my presence and I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to respond to you because of what my Son did on the cross for you. Please hear me. It is not that He looks at us and He says, well, you were good this week. Are you were good enough this week? Are you stacked up a whole bunch of good stuff this week, so I'm really going to listen to you? I mean, you were in church, and you were a good person. You didn't say bad words, et cetera, et cetera. Now, we ought to do all of that. But what he's, when he looks at us, the reason he's listening to us and our boldness and our confidence to come into his presence and know that he's going to be there and know that he's going to listen and know that he's going to respond is because he looks at what his son did, the Lord Jesus, on the cross, and that's why we can have that boldness. He says it is boldness to enter, boldness to enter into his presence. Don't allow anything to hold you back from going into his presence. Satan is going to tell you that you can't go in to his presence. 
He's going to tell you you're not worthy. You're not good enough. He's going to bring to our memories all of our faults, all our failures, all of our sins. And we're going to think, man, I cannot go in. Fear sometimes holds us back from going into His presence. Our weaknesses, us knowing in and of ourselves how messed up and screwed up we are, can hold us back from not going into His presence. Don't let anything hold you back. He says you can have boldness to enter the holy places. Go in. It's, it's the difference between looking at a house and going inside a home. When I walk my dog at nighttime, often I go by houses and I can look inside the house. If they got the curtains open and the blinds up, I can look inside. But standing out on the street looking in is different than going in. Let me illustrate what I'm trying to get across this way. When I was a boy growing up, I had a good friend of mine named Greg Fisher. And uh, Greg's dad was a doctor. Now, if I had gone to his dad's office and walked in the door and said, I want to see Dr. Fisher, they would have looked at me and said, do you have an appointment? And then I would have said no, and they would have said, well, you cannot see him. You don't just walk in here and have a right to see the doctor. Nowadays, if you set a doctor's appointment, you probably will get to see one in six months to a year. Uh, but anyway, but Greg and I were good friends. And when I went to Dr. Fisher's house and rang the doorbell, I would say Greg would come to the door and let me in. And then Greg would take me into the house. And whether we went to the living room or the dining room or wherever we went in the house, I was with my friend Greg. And I can remember going in that house on multiple occasions when I was like in second or third grade and seeing Dr. Fisher. And Dr. Fisher would be in the living room or he'd be in the kitchen or wherever and et cetera. And I, the doctor that I could not get in to see at his office, I could go anywhere just about I wanted to in his house because I was with his son. Are you following me on this? Couldn't see the doctor at the office, but I could get in his house because I was with his son. The son gave me access to the Father. The Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, <clears throat> gives us access to the Father. And we can get anywhere in the house of the presence of the Lord. We can hang out with God because <clears throat> we're hanging out with His Son. And the Son gives us access to the Father. So when He says here, Brother, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, he's saying it's with the Son and through the Son and hanging out with the Son and being with the Son that gives us access to the Father. Now notice where he takes us next. He says we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus. What are the holy places? What is he referencing here when he talks about the holy places? Because a lot of times we think of holy places and we think, man, I, I don't even know what a holy place is. How in the world can I ever, you know, have an idea of going to a holy place? When I was growing up as a kid, I went to a, we went to this big church in, in Richmond where I grew up. And I see it was, big, it was a big old Victorian building built around the turn of the century. It had these vaulted ceilings in it and all that kind of stuff. And in my mind, that was the holy place because that's where 
God hang out, hung out, and we used to sing holy, 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 and that kind of stuff, and I just knew God you had floated around up in the rafters somewhere and, and that kind of thing. So God was there at the holy place. Now, the problem I had was when we left church on Sunday morning and went into the rest of the week, I didn't know where in the world God was because he was locked up at the holy place. And, uh, you know, he's back up at the church at the holy place, so I didn't really want too sure where God was anywhere else, you know. But I knew he was at the holy place. So what does he mean here when he says we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, first let me say, if we're hanging out with the Lord in the holy places, we won't be in the unholy places, doing unholy stuff, okay? So if we hang out with God in the holy places, we won't be in the unholy places with what goes on there. But now, what is a holy place and what does it mean to be in a holy place? Well, if you look through Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, Genesis through the book of Revelation, this is what you find about holy places. And we're going to look at a few of those in just a moment. Holy places are wherever God is. Holy places are or wherever the Lord is. Where God is, and where God is at work, is a holy place. Holy places are not dependent upon architecture. Okay, we're in a colonial-style sanctuary, but God doesn't just hang out in colonial-style buildings, all right? Holy places are wherever the presence of the Lord is. When God met Moses, it was on the backside of a barren, hot, dry desert. And he told Moses, Moses, take off your shoes because you're on holy ground. What made the desert holy was the presence of the Lord. When Elisha was called by God to be a prophet, he was working on the farm. Literally out there going up and down a field, hoeing a farm. And God met him out there in that field and called him. And that field with those oxen out there plowing up that ground, became a holy place because of the presence of the Lord. When Jesus was born, the shepherds were told to go to a manger, a dirty, stinking manger with a bunch of animals that looked like animals and smelled like animals and acted like animals. But that manger that night in Bethlehem was a holy place because of the presence of the Lord. The Lord Jesus Christ in his ministry, everywhere he went, it was a holy place just because he was there. Whether he was in the presence of people who had their act together or didn't have their act together, people whose skin was falling off them because they had leprosy, people who were full of demons, that place became a holy place because of the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus, when he was crucified, took a cross that was regarded and treated in those days as the worst place you can possibly imagine. And on that cross, he transformed it into a holy place because he is holy. That's the reason we sing that hymn about the old rugged cross, stained with blood that was so divine. Well, he made that hill holy because of who he is. Then he took a tomb, an empty tomb, a borrowed tomb, and when he rose from the grave three days later, he made that place a holy place because of his presence. 
And then 40 days later, when the Spirit of God was poured out, they transformed the streets of Jerusalem into a holy place because the Spirit of God was poured out all over the streets there. And thousands of people came to know Jesus as their Savior. So folks, wherever the presence of God shows up, that is a holy place. Now, a holy place can be in your mind. Because you see, when our minds go to where God wants to take us, And when our minds go to how God wants to use us, and when our minds discern and begin to experience the presence of the Lord, that's in a holy place just as much as our minds can go in a direction that is unholy. Wherever we are in the presence of God, that is a holy place. Years ago when we were uh, preparing to do a mission uh, project in Norfolk in a public housing area, uh, there was a community there we were looking at going into. And that community had had a lot of violence in it, particularly Memorial Day weekend. And we were supposed to be there in July with this vacation Bible school. And there was so much difficulty going on in that community that we were, I thought about not doing the vacation Bible school there. And I began to think about it and say, you know, the Lord wants us, I believe, to go into that place. But it was an unholy place. But we went into that neighborhood ahead of time and we prayed over that community and just asked God to show up. And we had the vacation Bible school there. And the same neighborhood that had been an unholy place a month and a half earlier, I listened to vacation Bible school songs being sung over those yards there. I watched children laughing and learning about Jesus. And I watched God take an unholy place and turn it into a holy place. You see, God is great at taking unholy places and turning them into holy places. God can take a life that is a mess where Satan has a stronghold and he can move in there and set a person free and liberate them and turn that life, that mind, into a holy place because of the presence of God. Never look at a life, never look at a neighborhood, never look anywhere and say that place is beyond becoming a holy place because God delights in overwhelming the unholy with His holiness and transforming it into a holy place. He loves to do that with people's lives. And so He says we can enter those holy places by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why Romans talks about us having the renewal of our minds in Romans chapter 12. Now notice verse 19, he continues on. He says that he's going to take us into that place of a new and living way. By the new and living way that he opened up for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh. What is that new and living way? Well, the first off is that the word new there speaks of that which is fresh. That which has not been available before. It's sort of like a reset. That which he has recently done. He says he's going to take us. We've got access to that new place, that fresh place. Everything that God does is fresh. He says it is a living way. We live this side of the resurrection. And when he talks about us taking us down a way that is a living way, these holy places are going to be a living way, it is the idea that Jesus is on the move, he is alive, he is well, he is at work, and where God wants to take us is that place, that way, that lifestyle that lives in the reality of Jesus being resurrected that lives in the reality of what it means to live in His resurrection power and in His resurrected presence. 
Now, why do we not want to enter those places? I mean, I just went through all this, but let's be honest. So many times we really don't want to enter holy places. So we just sort of want to look at them from a distance. Several reasons. Number one, and I've got them in your sermon outline. Number one, we sometimes don't think we need it. We, we're just pretty satisfied with the way life is and where we're sort of moving along and, you know, not too much trouble is happening and we're making it our way. So we don't really feel like we need to go into a holy place because, hey, my, my life is okay the way it is. Why do I need to go into a holy place? Number two, let's be honest, sometimes we really don't want to be transformed. You know, I don't want to go into the presence of God because what I'm afraid is going to happen to me if I get transformed by Him, if I get changed by Him. I, again, I, so many times we don't really don't want to be transformed and changed by the Lord. You know, we want God to sort of do some damage control around us when we screw up. But other than that, we just sort of want God to, you know, keep it a safe distance from us. Third, it looks boring. I mean, sometimes the presence of God and the work of God to us looks boring. I, I told you last week, I said, you know, when the veil of the temple was rent from top to bottom, yeah, that was something else. The earthquake comes and the temple thing. But if you looked into the holy of holies, what would you have seen? Nothing. It's a small cubicle room. Big deal. If you try to sell tickets to get in there and people figured out after a while there wasn't anything in there, I think you had a rough time selling tickets to get in there after a while. Come in and see the Holy of Holies. Nothing in there, but come on in and see the Holy of Holies. See, God, follow me on this, God is a terrible, terrible entertainer. He is a terrible entertainer because He's not in the business of entertaining us. He doesn't want to entertain us. He has no desire to entertain us. Change us, transform us, yes. Entertain us, no. And so many times when God says, I want you to come to the holy place, we're like, I don't want to go there, Lord. That looks boring to me. I'm not going to be entertained. And God does not say, well, I'll entertain you if you'll just come in. My show this week is going to be bigger and better than my show last week, so you don't want to miss it. God says to us, I'm not going to entertain you. I'm not in the business of entertaining you. I am in the business of changing you and transforming you and making you like my son. And that's a whole lot better than the entertainment is. But sometimes we don't want to go in because God looks like he's going to be born. For sometimes it just seems confusing. What's going to happen to me if I go into the presence of the Lord? This stuff just seems confusing. And we'll address that in a moment. And number five... Sometimes we don't go in because we don't think we're worthy. I'm just not worthy to be in the presence of the Lord. And we are not, but Jesus makes us worthy. How do we enter into his presence? How do we go in? How do we know that we can go in? Just spend time resting in this truth and spend time in prayer saying, God, prepare me and I'm going to visualize myself going into your presence. If you have your Bibles, if you turn with me to Matthew 28, because we're going to see what it's like to be in His presence with some folks that went into His presence. We looked at this passage last week from one perspective. We're going to look at it today from a different perspective. Morning of the resurrection, Jesus is risen from the dead, Matthew 28, verses 9 and 10. And behold, Jesus met them and said, 
greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. What do you expect when you go in to the presence of the Lord? Jesus has opened it up. He's made it possible. What, is it, what can you expect when you're in the presence of the Lord? Well, notice what happened to these folks when they went into the presence of the Lord. The first thing that happens in Matthew 28, verse 9, is when Jesus sees them, he says greetings to them. Now, we look at that word, and we don't really think, well, that's nice. Jesus said, hell, you know, greetings, etc. It's a fascinating word there. It means to rejoice, but it carries the idea of being super glad to see somebody. If you were going into somebody's presence, and uh, you... And, and you, you could just see their face radiated. There was this huge smile that came up on their face. There was just glimmer in their eyes. And you knew deep inside of you they were so happy to see you. That's the idea of the word that he's using here. When they walked up to Jesus, Jesus looked at them. His face lit up. Huge smile comes over him. I mean, it's just radiating out of his eyes, the energy there. And he says, greetings. And they would have understood by the word that he was using here that what he was basically saying is, man, I am so super glad to see you, to be back with you, to be here with you alive and well. So what's the first thing that's going to happen when we come into the presence of the Lord? The Lord's going to say, greetings. I'm so glad to see you. I died and rose again from the dead so you could come into my presence so we could be together today. I am super happy that you are here. That's the first thing. Second, he says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Resurrection power can scare us. They're standing there and they're looking at him and they're thinking and they're trying to process. And I can't stress this enough. Don't freak out if it takes you time to process who Jesus is and what he has done and what he's doing. That's okay to take time to process, okay? He's so great that we can't take it all in just like that. So they, they come up and they look at him, and it's like, you know, he was crucified, and he laid in the grave for three days, and he's been dead. Now he's standing in front of us, and he's alive, and he's well. We can see it. I mean, you know, you don't just jump through those hoops real quick. And Jesus says, it's okay. Don't be scared of resurrection power. Don't be scared to be in the presence of what God has done and is doing. And his message to us is, come into my presence, hang out with me, but you don't have to be scared of me. You don't have to be scared of me. Sometimes we do a weird thing with fear. We do what I call, we twist it. And it's like, I'm sort of scared of God, so I'm going to stay away from him. And he's saying, you need to be intrigued by me, but not scared of me. There's a difference between holy curiosity, being intrigued by the Lord, and being scared running the other direction. He wants us to be intrigued by him. Don't be afraid. Then notice what he says next. Tell my brothers to go to Galilee. I love that. These were the guys who had denied him, run away from him the whole bit. They weren't even there at the tomb that morning because they didn't think he had risen from the dead. Tell first person possessive. Emphasis on that possessive pronoun. 
my brothers. Those guys still belong to me. I'm still connected to them. Notice how he refers to them. Not my associates, not my acquaintances, not those sorry disciples who screwed it up and didn't believe me and have run for their lives. No, he says, my brothers. My brothers. I'm connected to them. If you've been in the inner city, it is said, my homies, my brothers, those guys that I'm connected to, that are important to me, that mean the world to me, those guys that we've been through everything together, tell my brothers. Can you imagine when they brought the message? He called your brothers. He said, tell my brothers. They were ready to meet him that afternoon because they knew how they were going to meet him that afternoon. In mercy, in acceptance, and, and in restoration. Verse 10. He says, I'm going to see him in Galilee this afternoon. I am going to restore the relationship with them. That's what you and I can expect when we go into the presence of the Lord. Let's pray. I want to give you a chance this morning to go into God's presence in silent prayer. And just picture yourself going into the presence of the Lord. And talking to him in boldness about whatever you need to talk to him about. And on your way in, make sure you worship him. Lord, this day we enter your presence. Jesus, we bless you, and we praise you, we honor you. Thank you for loving us, thank you for dying for us, thank you that you rose from the dead, and thank you, Lord, that you're right here with us just like you were that first resurrection morning. Thank you that you call us a family title, my brothers, my sisters. And Lord, we bring to you whatever it is we need to bring to you. And thank you that we can come to you in boldness. And thank you that you, as the Son, take us into the presence of your Father. And we can just hang out together. Lord, transform us to be more like you. And help us, Lord, to discover that in the uniqueness of of who we are as persons. Jesus, again, thank you and we bless you. In just a moment, we'll sing together. And if you need to give your life to Jesus and choose to follow him, I'd be here at the front. I'd love for, to pray with you about that decision. If you sense the Lord's leading you to become part of our church family, we invite you to come. And if you just need to talk with the Lord and continue to talk with him as we sing, feel free to do that. And we'll be available after the service if you need to talk with us about anything the Lord's working in your life about. Lord, we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together and sing and come if you will.